Licorice of Winchester, whose wonderful name does indeed have the connotation of sweetmeats, was a prominent 13th century businesswoman. She was married twice, the second time to David of Oxford, one of England's richest Jews, who divorced his first wife to marry her, though sadly he died just two years later, leaving her with a little son, Asa. Although she found herself imprisoned in the Tower of London on David's untimely death until swinging estate duties could be sorted out, she went on to become both friend and financier to King Henry III and his Queen Eleanor. Licorice's fortunes continued mixed and fate had a final fatal blow to deal her, for she was found murdered alongside her maid in her house in Jury Street, Winchester, in the spring of 1277. In the spring of 2019, I was lucky enough to attend the London unveiling of the maquette of the statue to Lucaricia and her son Asser, commissioned from multi-award-winning sculptor Ian Rank Broadley. Councillor Roy Parry, leader of Hampshire County Council, was invited to unveil the maquette. So I've now got to unveil it, yes. have I? I hope it's solid and stable. <laughs> Ian, is it? <laughs> I think, Maggie, yes, you I'll, should help I've me got, with I'm this. I'm holding it, I'm holding it. You hold it. Yeah. I've planted trees, I've unveiled plants. This is the first statue that I've got. It's going on and on and there we go. Now it's Tony Stoller, and you're, you're a trustee of the, the, the appeal, what would you call it? Well, it's an appeal and uh, a project and an initiative to get the statue agreed, designed, made and put in place. Right, so we've got, got a little bit of the way on that, a fair bit of the way, haven't we? We've done pretty well. Uh, we've certainly delighted to have Ian Rank Broadley on board as the sculptor. The maquette which has been, has been unveiled today is terrific. Stunning, absolutely stunning. Very moving. I was very struck by the applause which broke mm. out. When the, when, when the cover came off yes. it. I think Ian was as well, actually. It was very dramatic. It came off so slowly, didn't it? Absolutely. No, it's, it's well on its way. Uh, we've raised the first tranche of money. Our target is 125000 which will leave us money not only to pay for the sculpture and its installation, but also for educational projects built around the eventual statue. There seem to be lots of hopes riding on it then and it, it, as to what it can represent. What, and I'm saying it, actually I'm going to say she, what Licorice can represent about telling us about her period of time and about tolerance or lack of tolerance possibly, but what also for now. So, so, so she, she, Licorice represents tremendous suffering but also tremendous hope, I think. She represents great achievement against the odds. Mm. To be a Jew, any Jew in medieval Winchester, medieval England, was a huge strain, huge stress, great uncertainty, great challenge, great prejudice. And if you were a leading figure in not only the Jewish community, uh, but the community which surrounded the successive kings, you were always at the mercy of those who disapproved of you, of those who were against the king, and this is, after all, the time of wars between the barons and the kings, and the Jews were very firmly on the king's side, and it was very difficult. So it's Henry III, is it, and, and, and Eleanor, so it's not Henry II and Eleanor Aquitaine, it's a later Henry then, presumably. Yeah. So he, she actually has a relationship with the king and his wife. 
Well, she's very closely involved in funding their activities. Uh, she meets them regularly in the Great Hall in Winchester. She is effectively taxed for the privilege of continuing maybe alive or just continuing. So she, she's having that relationship, but there's this terrible uncertainty because you can't own land. I've, I've, I didn't even know that, so you've got no roots, you can't own roots. Well, strictly speaking, you can't own land, but actually in Licorice's case she did, because land was frequently put forward as a surety for a loan, and if those loans were defaulted upon, then the land came... Well, in theory, it didn't come to Licorice, but in practice it mm. did. And there were all sorts of stratagems, resembles far too, far too closely uh, modern banking practices, oh. but that's how it was. <laughs> yeah, but she was doing what she could, fending for herself and her family. I mean, widowed twice. It's a terribly sad story, and we don't know why or how exactly she was murdered, do we? But it's a, it's a shocking story, waiting to be dramatised, I feel. It has a shocking ending, uh, but... I think we can also say it is inspirational before that ending. Uh, mm. She survived, she contributed hugely, and not just financially, to the state of England in which she was living. And she's a very contemporary character as well. And one of the reasons why we're so pleased to be working towards having a statue is this is a, a woman who has a significant part in our history and significant things to say to us today. And as it was a general move to have more statues of women in this country, and jolly good too, Licorice will be up there. She'll be one of the foremost, and that's terrific. Now, I'm asking everyone this question. Would we be quite so excited, engaged, beguiled, find her quite so, I'm going to say the word delicious, if she didn't have that incredible name? I mean, you know, it just pulls you in. And it's not just Licorice, it's just about Licorice of Winchester. It just rolls off the tongue, and the, the picture is so beguiling and delicious. It's a wonderful name, and many people have already been beguiled by it. Um, Simon Sharma, for one, in oh, his right. history of, his story of the Jews. Suzanne Bartlett, who did so much terrific research work um, on which we are building. And the name is lovely. Uh, but also that is how people were known. They were, they were known by a name, all right in this case, rather a strange name to our ears, but then by something else. So maybe it's the main place where they lived. Uh, you come much later on, of course, the Jews were required to have surnames in the Russian and the Austrian empires because only in that way could they be conscripted for military service. Mm -hmm. So our names tell us a lot, a huge amount about who we are. They do, and I love Asher is presumably Asher, so probably. Her son's, the last yes. son's name, her I think son I, by her Yes, but we, we know him as Asa. Um, he has quite a part to play at the very end of the story as oh, well. Right. Oh, do you tell? Oh, he, when the Jews were imprisoned um, in the tower in, in Winchester Castle, mm. which was their refuge but also their prison, it's a curious blend, and he wrote an inscription on the wall about their imprisonment. That was documented, but it has since disappeared, oh. which is really very sad. Oh. And so, yes, he had a part to play in the history as well. We hope that he did get away in the expulsion and, and made his name on the continent somewhere and we just don't know, perhaps. Is that right? We don't know, uh, but we have no reason to think he didn't. No. And we're, and we're talking, so the expulsion's 1290, so we're talking entirely something that takes place between about the middle of the 13th century and the end of it. Is that right? Yes, maybe, maybe even starting a bit later. Uh, Licorice was murdered in 1277, mm. 
So you've got, my arithmetic is not very good, but you've got 23 years mm. during which the church began to reassert its authority over the king and the king got gradually weaker and the Jews got gradually poorer and the church was able to move against them or get the king to move against them. And that is the story of the Jews for so many centuries. Yes, but here we are now with a sort of interfaith story behind this as well. And cultures coming together, faiths coming together, and it, it can be, I think it can be inspiring for the future when people stand outside, what is it called, the, the library? What's the Discovery Centre. Oh, the Discovery Centre, yeah. Stand outside discover, and discover Licorice That would be terrific. And discover through Licorice things about their own history in Winchester and their own history in England. Um, in all ways, not just Jewish, uh, the whole way in which kings and barons interacted, the way in which medieval society, early modern society evolved. She's, she's a lead into this. She's a key to the cipher. I'm so excited. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm with Rabbi Michael Hilton. And Michael, what brought you here today? Well, I got a personal invitation. I have no idea why I was invited. Maybe it's because I'm a member of the Jewish Historical Society and have an interest. So I thought, oh, gosh, this looks interesting. I must go. And what have you made of it? Oh, I think the statue is beautiful. Um, I like the research that's been done into it, the contemporary Jewish dress. I love the fact that it's got her child in as well. Um, interesting little scroll at her feet, which is quite intriguing. Not quite sure what that's about, mm, that but maybe, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> and so what have you made of her story? Because I, I hate to say this, but I honestly think if she wasn't called Licorice, it, it would be interesting, but there's something about the name that you're drawn in. And it sounds so beguiling, but her story is so sad. Well, I mean, you know, like so many of the Jews in medieval England, um, I've just been running an interfaith conference in Oxford, and in fact, one point in the conference, her husband's name came up, David of Oxford. And um, the Oxford medieval Jewish community, incredible records, every detail of the financial transactions is known, so that would include her financial transactions as well. And, and this awful, awful huge amount of money that she had to pay to get out of the tower on his death. So that, that now remind me the date, when was that? Ah, we're talking the mid to late 13th century. Yes, so this is when the um, Jewish community was in decline and was having huge difficulties. I think things would be much better in, in the 1100s, a century before, and the 1200s, they really deteriorated, and there were much higher taxes, there were a lot of accusations of coin clipping and imprisonment, and eventually the community was so impoverished by the taxes that there were no use as bankers anymore and were expelled. You know what really got to me, the fact that Jews were not allowed to own any property, I discover. Because there's just no... You've got nothing, have you? I mean, you've got no um, no security, no continuity. No security. And when you died, no. all the money that was owed to you passed to the Crown. This was a 100% inheritance tax. Yes, it's terrible. I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to find... A, some happiness in her life because you know she buried two husbands well, and then I got murdered so it's quite a sad story isn't it it is a very sad story but, but intriguing but and it cannot possibly be true 
But every Christian hated every Jew. No, exactly. Because if you think about it, these were very small Jewish communities, um, a few hundred at most. And if they had had a daily um, force of hatred against them, they would just never have survived. So clearly, one suspects that as at other times of persecution, one feels that probably most people got on well, and then you had your troublemakers. So it's interesting because it does reflect those times, but there's a message for our time. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to try and find the councillor because he really is doing a, a interfaith job here, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. A real understanding. Thank you so much for talking to me. That you contextualised Thank you. And now with Councillor Roy Perry, and you're the leader of Hampshire County Council, I see. Yes. And you're a very inspiring figure in this story, aren't you? Because you're, you're seeing a modern equivalent for faiths to come together and move forward. Yeah, inspiring, I think, is probably overstating it. But yes, we very much want to uh, encourage uh, good interfaith relations. And, and basically, we have that in, in Hampshire and in Winchester. Mm. But this statue of Licaricia, I think, well, well how bad to that? Yes. What, what I, I loved was, you know, you, you're, you're very in favour of women as well, aren't you? These, you know, you're talking about statues of women. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think that is important. My daughter's an MP, so I would have to be oh, a, right. in, in favour of uh, women. What, what, but what's I her said, name? Caroline Noakes. Oh. She, she's uh, Minister of State at the present time. But oh, I, 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 you know, I watch as the father of two daughters, the mm. significance of women, and it's interesting to see that Licaricia, way, way back in the 13th century, was uh, uh, herself a, a woman of substance and influence and importance. It seems that she had quite a sad life, buried two husbands and, yes, and obviously... Uh, and then these, murdered. These, yes, um, well, murdered. Tragic. <laughs> we don't know much about that, but yeah. that's you know a terrible end. Yes, but also yes. this business about being shut up in the tower and you've lost your husband until you pay up and shut up. Yes, I, I think... I, I don't know, I'm not a good enough historian to know that uh, people uh, went into the Tower of London and uh, wasn't necessarily always imprisonment. I mean, clearly she would have been deprived of her liberty, but I would expect a, a woman of some substance. She was probably quite well looked after uh, and at least safe there. So it possibly isn't quite the same. Now, I could be quite wrong there, but uh, that would be my guess on that situation. It's... You know, in those days, people were clearly milking the Jews, weren't they? I mean, the, and she had yes. a relationship with the king, but I expect it was financial. Um, yes, uh, that's right. There's no doubt that when you read the history, I think English people sometimes like to pat themselves on their back that they were fairly tolerant, but of course they were not, and there was total abuse of the Jewish community. That That's very clear, and the huge taxes that the king imposed. A lesson for now, but people like you and... Of bringing communities together, teaching this story. It is important. It really is important, and this goes for all communities, uh, whether it's the Muslim community today, Absolutely. as well as the Jewish community, and indeed Hindu, Sikh, uh, and so on. And um, that's why I'm always prepared to give a, what time I can to help promote good interfaith dialogue and relations and uh, the Jewish community in Winchester are certainly playing a very positive and a very full part in, in that work. And do, and do you think that statue will become a focal point of people will see it and I really think it be could be. Uh, uh, 
It's going to have a good position. Uh, the, the Discovery Center is right next to the Theatre Royal. It's in a very interesting road, which incidentally is called Jury Street in Winchester. So we're trying to get people always gravitate towards the Cathedral Close. So there are other parts of the city worth seeing. So this statue is say, right by the Discovery Center, brilliant place in its own right, next to the theatre, uh, will, will become a, an attraction. And people say, well, who was that lady? Who is she? What was she doing? Just one last question, which is almost like the first one. Do you think if she'd had quite a boring name, we'd all be talking about her? It's got to be the most really intriguing and exciting and delicious name. Uh, yes, um, I, I gather it wasn't uncommon for mm. members of the Jewish community in those days to pick all sorts of names. I think I read somewhere Citronella might have oh, been that's a, good. I like another that. name. Yes. So, so <laughs> the, the, the names were picked that were clearly not Christian names, but they were names acceptable, mm. I guess, to the Christian communities. Very, that's worth a, a PhD thesis in itself, it isn't is. it? Right. Those well, names. you and I shall do we'll it. Do it. You can be counsel of Dr. Okay, if you're not already, which you may be. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Not at all. It. Maggie Carver, you're the chairman of the whole appeal. What, what's the actual that's title? Right. I'm chairman mm. of the Licorice of Winchester Statue Appeal. Right. And you must be pleased today. Very pleased, yes, mm. thank you. Um, lots of people coming, um, lots of people from the across the Jewish community too, um, and people from the Board of Deputies. Uh, so people from the arts, people from the Winchester community, so very pleased with turnout and general support. And how did you feel? It was very dramatic when they were whipping the... Um, whipping, no, pulling very gradually the cover literally unveiling the statue it was very dramatic and of course the statue is so tell me about your how you felt when that happened well i mean it's um the fruition so of the well the first stage <laughs> in our project and um it's so exciting isn't it to have got to this stage and we're now about to write to all the charities and see what we can get to raise money for the yeah. next stage We've got to see pictures of it. So beautiful, isn't it? So yes. touching. Yes. Very detailed. You know, you can really feel the strength of this woman. Yes. In, in, in the face. Yes. The garments are wonderful. Yes. And the little boy, so sweet. So yeah. we've had a lot of help with what she wears. Um, oh, you tell me. Uh, the Jewish Museum and the V&A both helped, and we got a, an expert in costume for that era and what would a wealthy woman wear she would have worn something similar to her not just co-religious but also ordinary women of that wealthy women of that time so she's dressed suitably for the time as is Asa and um, she's going to be carrying a loan document oh, right I suppose that makes perfect sense yes mm. and they're called mm. chirographs and they had a zigzag on um each half of the loan document oh. so that you could fit them together it's and like a tell, tally that, stick. Mm. Um, tell that they were the same yeah. loan document. Oh, gosh, She's going so to carry one of those. There are, they do exist in the National Archive, her own loan documents, her own which ones. we have seen. So, yes. so Ian will be able to draw on that? Yes, he oh, will. Yes. Incredible. And so um, yeah, she's got that sort of frame, you know, it's a headdress that frames the face. It reminds yes. me, did you ever see the film The Lion in Winter? Which has got that's Eleanor Aquitaine, I think it's a slightly earlier queen, but she's she's that sort of you know the strong yes. face, 
And we wanted her to be a strong woman because she would have been. She was a very strong the Ten Commandments advocate. Oh, she was oh, yes, in and I've out of the law courts you know, defending her Europe. loans. Yes. She also yes, represented the Jewish community in, in, in Winchester um, in negotiating Bohemia, with example, the yes. Crown um, yes. and the Church yeah, in terms of things like the badge that they wore. The harshness of they could pay some money not to wear the badge, and that's what she negotiated. A yellow badge of some sort. It's a badge which is the shape. And yet, you know, there must have been laughter, there must have been joy, there must have been fun and jokes as well. Yes, and I think she must have been a remarkable woman. She obviously knew the king and the queen very well, so her contacts were amazing, and she was extraordinarily resilient. So, so what, what do you, apart from obviously raising the money, um, lots of people have been telling me what they think the project can represent and their hopes for it are. So for you, because you, I mean, you are a strong woman, you've got daughters here helping, a, a daughter? Two daughters, Two daughters. Yeah. I think they're both here helping. And your whole family is behind the project. Yes. yes I'm pretty sure being your daughter means you have to be out there doing, yes, doing the, the heavy lifting. Yes. <laughs> Quite literally here, If you're one it? of our family, you have to do take part. Yes. <laughs> There's no doubt about yes. that. Which I, which I love. Yes, actually. family enterprise, mm. yes. Yeah, so it's obviously got so much to say for our times as well, and there it's going to be outside the Discovery yes. Centre. I think that's one of the great appeals of her, is that she has so much to say to people of our time. She was an educated woman. She had a family. She had to um, bring them up after David of Oxford's death on her own, so she was a single mother as well for a long time, and um, she clearly looked after her children at the same time as doing her job, and this is what a lot of what women are doing today. So I think she has so many messages. I think the fact that she was so well-educated and that women were well-educated in the Jewish community is also shows that if you do educate yourself well, you have a better chance mm of doing well in the future. Yes, because she apparently spoke many languages, we think. She did, I think probably four, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Which are French, Latin, Latin English, English and Hebrew. Oh, that's mm. really something. And do we know how she got to be so educated then? We think that she was educated within the community. Mm. I mean, she wasn't the only woman to be outstanding and mm. doing financing in Winchester, let alone in the community as large. Mm. And they educated their women as they have done for centuries and still do, you know. Mm. My own grandmother, for example, was the first woman, the third woman doctor to qualify in, in oh, Germany wow. and the first woman professor. So, you oh. know, it's a... It's a um, what was her name? Tradition. Rahel Lieberschutz mm. was her that, name. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's really important as well. So finally, of course, it's clearly going to bring the community together, you know, the different communities, the different faiths. It, it does have that power, doesn't yes, it, this whole project? very much so, and that's one of the things we want also to be able to do. And I do think that it's going to be rather marvellous to have a statue of a Jewish woman in Winchester that everybody loves and is feels part of the community. Well, I would go and drink to that, and I'm, and I'm sure it's going to happen. I can't wait to see that for real whenever that whenever that will yes. be. Oh, do you know when that will be? How old no, you? we've got to no. raise the money first. Okay, right. Well, you've yes. got to. Yes, you certainly have. And I'm just my final question, which I've asked everybody: is, Would we be standing here talking about her if she hadn't had this enchanting name? It's the most incredible name. I mean, that's what drew 
licorice, and it's not just licorice here. It's up Winchester. It's yes. such a name to country with, isn't yes. it? Yes. No, of course we would, um, because. Okay. Uh, but I, I think that um, we wouldn't probably be here unless Suzanne Bartlett had written the yeah. book about licorice. Yes. I think that you know she's the one we have to pay tribute to because yes. she opened the whole of that era up for study and for us all to read about. The late Suzanne Bartlett, who was the first woman to lead Hampshire County Council, wrote an extraordinary biography of Licorice of Winchester, subtitled Marriage, Motherhood and Murder in the Medieval Anglo-Jewish Community. I spoke to her husband, Leslie. When my wife retired from the chairmanship of the County Council, she took an interest in the fact that by our house there was excavations going on for pretending to the old Jewish cemetery. And this is what awakened her interest in the Jewish history pertaining to Winchester. Uh, and I went with her to the uh, county local resources library and together we looked through books about the Jews of medieval Winchester and we came across this exotic name, Licorissia. That's a good name, isn't it? And that's where it took off from. It's amazing, isn't it? The name is what's done it, yeah. but the yeah. story, luckily, there's yes. one behind it. Yes. Apparently the Jews, uh, wealthy Jews, took on wealthy Norman French names of that period. Norman French women, upper class women, had floral names. And that, that's where it came from. I'm now with Ian Rank Broadley, and you're the sculptor, and it, it is absolutely beautiful. It's an inspiring statue, and it's very touching. So t you tell me about how you, how you got your inspiration. Well, I, I'm, well, thank you for your compliments. I mean, the inspiration really came, um, if you like, from my, my own wife's family, who are Jewish, and actually just watching my daughter, who'd recently had my grandson, and I was always impressed by the, I don't know, somehow the, the connection in terms of mother and child today and also mother and child in 1250 or 1260. And in actual fact, not a lot has changed. I mean, the, the exterior sort of dress changes, but essentially one wants to capture that, um, I suppose, feeling uh, of the connection of mother and child um, and also just going about their business, you know, someone wants to record that. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you very faithfully and beautifully reproduced the medieval robes that we assume she would have worn with the headdress. I mean, mm. she probably reminds me of Eleanor of Aquitaine or someone yes, like that. Yeah. And, and, and he, he, he as well, but as you say, there's something universal and, and timeless about yes, them. But yes. she seems to have had this quite sad life. I mean, yes. buried two husbands and yes. being held to ransom all the time because she was wealthy. But a very determined woman, and you seem mm. to have caught the determined look, I think. Mm. I mean, did you feel that she was this very Well, I think so. Uh, that, you know, her life w was remarkable in many ways, and as you rightly point out, was tragic and sad. And yet she rose above it all to actually become preeminent in the world of international finance. And I think it just shows you what 
the Jewish community, and she was not the only one, did for England at the time. And so I think, you know, this statue very much um, uh, sort of commemorates it in a very physical and positive way. I mean, as I was saying earlier, you know, once cast in bronze, it'll be there a thousand years. Mm. You know, it's not something that can be forgotten. In fact, I can think of no other sculpture, you know, both modern or historic, that commemorates a Jewish woman in this country. So I think it's hugely important. It is, isn't it? And mm. I mean, so, I mean, as a community, I think we're very lucky that you've agreed to do it because there you are doing that, the heads of monarchs on coins right. and, <laughs> and there's a statue of Diana. I know that her sons have commissioned that's going to be unveiled towards the end of the year or next year. So it's a wonderful thing. So just a little tiny bit more... When you read her story, what yes. did you actually feel? I mean, you must have done, you really yes, read Yes, I did. I mean, I, I read the, the, the book that had been mm. written about her. Um, I think in some ways I was almost reduced to tears mm. because you realise, you know, how much the community was used and abused. The frightful, horrific violence, you know, the community suffered. And yet, stoically, they soldiered on. I mean, very often they probably had no choice. I mean, I think one of the things that people or the wider public should know is the Jews were very much uh, sort of curtailed and restricted. You know, ordinary jobs, ordinary occupations were not open to them. Where they lived was very much restricted. So within that very tight parameter, they did extraordinarily well. And if only the society of the time had been more tolerant, just think how much more they could have done. And I think it's also a lesson for our modern times. You know, if there's a rise of anti-Semitism, it should be borne in mind, you know, what the Jewish community has actually done for this country. One's only got to think of, you know, recent 20th century history. I mean, we benefited enormously from the Jewish community that escaped Germany, Austria, and we benefited unbelievably, and so did America. And this is why I think, you know, we need to keep that open mind, that open heart, that tolerance. And it's not only the Jewish community, it's all communities. And I think in some ways, you know, that it, it serves as a lesson. So I hope that this statue will be a very physical reminder of the past, but also an indication of what we can do for the future. Yes, oh, I, I'm mm. so happy to hear you mm. say that. As you say, it's those parallels with the present mm. and not just the Jewish community. That's yeah. what's so important. Mm. And so that, you know, we hope that people will look at the statue, be mm. drawn to the story. Mm. But I, I, mm. I have to end with a frivolous question that I have mm. asked other people as well. Do you think we'd be celebrating her quite as much if she hadn't had that enchanting name? I mean, it's so beguiling, literally delicious. It is. It is. I mean, uh, you know, names do actually conjure up images. Mm. And I, th I think in some ways, you know, it's romantic. I mean, I'm surprised that nobody has made a film about her, you know, because it would be quite amazing, you know, to do. So, yes, the name has something. And I'm very pleased that, you know, that will be the title of the piece, Licorisha and her son, Asa. Yeah. Yes, oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's been so My exciting. Pleasure. Bless you. Thank you. Well, we've made the pilgrimage. We've made the pilgrimage to Winchester to follow in Lucaricia's footsteps. We've walked up Old Jewry and we've come to the site outside the Discovery Centre where her statue will eventually stand with her little son. It's not the quietest. I don't know what the noise would have been like in the 13th century when Lucaricia lived here, but there's a lot of traffic going up and down the hill. It's not pedestrianised. But 
It's very comfortable. It's a garden. There are flowers. It's a beautiful site for a statue. I went inside to ask the nice young man at the desk if he knew where the statue was going to be sited, and I think he made a discovery that it was going to be outside the discovery centre. But that's good. He seemed excited. And on a day like this, you can imagine how glorious that statue is going to look and how many people will stop and look and wonder and want to discover the Carissia's story.